0: The scripture we just read from the Acts of the Apostles is an incredibly beautiful passage. In fact, one of my favorites. It is a picture of the early Christian church, the first century church, the first church that gathered in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and that kind of description could make any pastor, any priest, jealous. I mean, it is a, almost a picture of of perfection, isn't it? And yet, I want to say that they were not without their own challenges. They were, in fact, a people marginalized and persecuted. Only a few verses later, in the book of Acts, we will learn of the execution by stoning of Stephen, by none other, and the Pharisee named Saul. Before too long, the two major Christian leaders, Simon Peter and the Apostle Paul, newly named from being the Pharisee Saul, would disagree on who could be a part of the family of Jesus. They would disagree vehemently. They would disagree about who was in and who was out. I mean, after all, there were rules a carryover from the Jewish temple authority requirements. And persecution by temple authorities and the Roman government would reign and force the early church underground to worship among the dead in the catacombs. And we thought we had it bad right now. (laughs) With the COVID-19 virus, the rates of infection and deaths continue to rise. And that is pretty bad. Actually, that is very bad. And the economic crisis that leaves families who once were prosperous middle-class people sitting in long lines, waiting to see if they'll be one of the lucky ones to get a box of food at the food pantry. And now, what's worse is we thought we had learned something from this uh, sheltering in place. We thought we had learned to be better people. We thought we had learned how to slow down and love each other. And now we're fighting again we're fighting on Facebook, we're fighting on Twitter, some of us are saying we have to open up our stores and, and businesses so that we can survive, and others of us are saying it doesn't matter if uh, we open them or not, if we don't survive, nothing will matter. I mean, we, we're arguing again, we're, we've gone to our separate corners again, we're judging each other again. and to pile insult upon injury, you 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 can't escape the bad news. I mean it's 24-7. It doesn't matter which channel you go to. It doesn't matter what uh, internet platform you're on. It's constant. Bad news after bad news after bad news. I mean I've taken to watching Animal Planet where I can watch the zoo and the barn rescue. I mean, it's the only way to escape the bad news. I mean, and and then on top of that, we are confronted with manipulated stories, conspiracy theories claiming this or that about this person or that person or this action or that action. Conspiracy theories about where the virus began and who's at fault. I mean, uh, it's oppressive. And then there are actual real fears. Not just for our healthcare workers and all the other support people, but there are real fears about for our farmers and the loss of a food supply and fears as we see pictures of empty shelves where once they were were full with all kinds of necessary staples for our living. Moreover, we long for community. We long for this to be over. We long for an answer. We long for a, a, a vaccine or a cure. We long for Uh, the economy to rejuvenate. We long for all of this and more. It is only with Herculean efforts that we are able to set aside all of this. So the lesson is in today's scripture for us. We, we cannot discount that the early followers of Jesus that were called the way long before they took the name Christian, were highly persecuted. They were marginalized, they were they were um, they were persecuted, and many of them were killed in violent, violent ways. The first Christian churches, however, became a movement that changed the world. Even in the midst of their persecution, they became a movement that transformed the world. Yes, there's violence in our world today. And yes, there is war. And yes, there is this pandemic. And yes, there is this economic crisis. But also, people of goodwill are rising, rising up and changing our world. And many of those people take the name Christian. Let me point out to you that that first church that was spoken of in our reading today, those people, those people and all that they did were the result of one sermon preached by Simon Peter following which 3,000 souls were baptized. Oh, we should be so lucky, right? Then there was this extraordinary generosity toward those who were in need and those who were imprisoned. And then the scripture tells us wonders and signs came upon them, and they were in awe. But let me tell you about the wonders and signs. The wonders and signs are the effects, not the cause. Let me remind you of the very first sentence of today's scripture. The people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. You see, these were characteristics of a faithful life. These four things made all the difference in their community. They, they learned and studied together what the apostles were teaching They made sure they were in fellowship, which means they gathered together. They became community to each other, a place where people could belong and could know they belonged. They broke bread, which was more than just the symbolic meal that Jesus offered them at the end of his life. They also gathered and shared meals together. And they prayed. This was the cause of all that followed. This was the whole cause of the awe and the wonders and the signs that came forth from them. They they did amazing things out of their faith, out of their love of God out of their love of Jesus who had shown them what God's love looks like, out of their love of the Spirit who had inhabited their hearts, they did these things, and the awe, and the wonders, and the signs. And then, the the reading today goes on to say that there were some other things that then became, that then came out of them. That they held things in common, and And that means their possessions. They held their possessions in common. You know, just yesterday, we were looking at our window, uh, doing a little Gladys Kravitz thing from Bewitched, and we saw that our our next-door neighbor was cleaning her sidewalk with a power washer. And we thought, well, maybe we need to get one of those. And then I thought, no, we don't need to get one of those. If we're going to do that, we need to borrow that one. We need to share that. We need to share things in common. And and the people of that first church gave those possessions to all who had need. And, And they went to worship in the temple because they were Jews. And they broke bread at home together. And you know what is great about our historic faith is that in the Jewish tradition, after the temple was destroyed, The people worshipped in their homes, breaking bread together. And that is part of that same tradition that this first church began to do, worshipping together and breaking bread at home, and they had glad and generous hearts, and they praised God. These were also the signs and wonders that they were experiencing in this first church. And I believe, and I have to wonder, I just can't help but think, if we have a chance to recapture this right now this time of sheltering in place has given us an opportunity to rediscover things we have lost so, so what if what if we committed as a church to learn something together what if we committed to study the teachings of our faith the Ancient church or a book in the Bible? What would we, what would grow out of us if we did that together? And we can do that online. What if, even though we are apart physically, we committed to fellowship? You know, uh, we do that by worshiping every Sunday together. We also gather on Thursday nights for prayer, uh, evening prayer, and conversation, but But what about doing that on our own? What about reaching out to people that we know struggle with this isolation and inviting them to join us online and share, uh, get a snack and something to drink and share that together and have fellowship and community? What about the breaking of the bread each week? We, We do that in worship, certainly. But what if we found a way... Every time we sat down to eat, whether we were alone or with family, to remember Jesus. What if we committed to prayer once a day? Five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes? Wouldn't it change us? Wouldn't those characteristics that we nurture, they become habits and they become priorities for us? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that change us? Wouldn't that change our world? And I have, I, by the way, I have some other ideas. Since moving to online worship, I have struggled deeply about what to do. I mean, we worship and we work hard to provide a meaningful worship service every Sunday morning. And I'm so grateful for my team here that's with me that helps us do that. Um, But I've really struggled. I've thought about it all the time. How do we continue to be the church when we're so separated from each other? And we have to be in order to be safe and to care for those among us who are at risk. How do we be the church? And how do I be a pastor? I mean, I can't even go to the hospital. I can't visit somebody who's lost a loved one. I, I can't go serve at the, the bridge um, homeless shelter to serve food. I can't join alongside you in helping to build a Habitat house or carry groceries to the food pantry. How do we be the church? I mean, the first century church had to go underground, and we're pretty much underground, aren't we? But how do we be the church? Because the scripture said they continue to share their possessions, they continued to study together, even in the midst of all their persecution and, and even the deaths they experienced, violent deaths. They, they, they continued to be the church to each other. So I have some ideas about that. And, you know, not just the four things that I've already talked about, but, but some other ideas. I've prayed about what it means to be the church, and and I've talked to pastors about it, and I think I've come up with a few things. You know, we can faithfully learn and study, we can fellowship, we can break bread, and we can pray, um, but here are four invitations for you this morning. Four, four, That, that was eight, but I mean four, okay? There is a world of hurt out there People who still believe that God is an angry God and that God has caused all this coronavirus and economic downturn
1: and that it's all
0: the gays' fault or whatever. There's a whole world of hurt out there. Uh, A whole group of people, particularly young people, that think the only thing that the church is filled with is judgmental people. Let's change that. But you and I, in our little church, change that. Share our website. Share our Facebook page as often as you can. Invite people through those mediums to come and be with us, to learn about a new way of being the church. Offer to help us manage Twitter or Instagram because our plates are full and we can't do anything more at this point. But you could help us. Take pictures and send them to us about (coughs) miracles you see people enacting every day. Uh, Send us ideas for our website and our communications. And then share, share, share all our platforms with those you know and those you don't know. Let people know that God is a gracious and loving God and that, in fact, the church is filled with people who are committed to loving all people, no matter how hard it is, to welcoming people and helping people have a sense of belonging and community. Number two, I'm announcing today a food drive that we will do in conjunction with Greenland Hills United Methodist Church and Emmanuel Lutheran Church for the Emmanuel Community Center Food Bank. Emmanuel Community Center has had a run on their food bank. Their shelves are empty. They're serving about 40 people. Uh, I don't know whether that's a day or a week. I would imagine it's probably in these times a day. They're now, they usually do that, but now they're serving 50. And they're particularly serving the homeless. So, um, I want, all they're asking for are pull-top tuna, soup, Vienna sausage and spaghettios. So the next time you place your order for pickup at Walmart or at or at Kroger or wherever you go to shop, throw in a can of each of those. And let's restore the shelves of the food bank at the Emanuel Community Center and let's do it ecumenically with two church partners that share our vision of a generous and gracious church. You can drop off that. There's going to be a bin outside the doors of Greenland Hills United Methodist Church where you can drop off those cans. Uh, and then you can, or you can drop them off at our home, the Hudson's, and, and we'll give you information about that. And then we will deliver that to the, to the bin here. That way we have a southern drop off point and a northern drop off point. So whichever fits your schedule better. And let's do that by May 17th you know what? What if our little church changed that food bank, that food pantry? What if we filled all the shelves to overflowing? Number three, I'm announcing today a special Pentecost noisy offering on Sunday, May the 31st. I want to launch a new church cares crisis fund. And I want us to take all our pennies stored up in our piggy banks and in our glass jars and that are in our drawers that we've dropped in there or that's fallen in the midst of our uh, couches and car seats, I want us to dig out every coin we have and then put it in a, a jar or a can and make a video of making a noise. We're going to make a noise in praise to God with our pennies and our coins and then bring your offering to our home, the Hudson's, uh, in in North Dallas or give online through our website or Venmo or Zelle, make an offering and we will count that toward our new Church Cares Crisis Fund and then we will be able to help people in our community and beyond who have great need. And then lastly during this last season of Lent our study group made a commitment during Lent to pray every morning at 6.33. And we picked that because our forming scripts 33, Seek first God's realm. We've continued to practice that. 6.33 every morning. Well, some of us are sometimes a little later. And sometimes we miss a day. And we're not saying how long you pray. I mean, for me, it's about 20 minutes, maybe 30 uh, or shorter. I mean, there's... You know, we don't really care how long you pray, but just pray with us. And then send us an email and tell us that you're praying. Or send us uh, a message on our Facebook page. Let us know that you're praying. Uh, This this will help you to be consistent and us to be consistent. And it is, after all, one of those things that the early church did together. Years ago, I faithfully read... uh, from the great theologian and philosopher Abigail Van Buren, Dear Abby. And I was often struck by how many people wrote to say they were were lonely, they were sorrowful, they were grieving, they were heartbroken, and consistently her response was like this, a response that her daughter, who picked up her work, um, offered. She wrote to one person, Reaching out to help someone else is a potent remedy for anyone who is experiencing the blues and cabin fever. Even if you can't be supportive in person, phone call, a text, a post, can lighten the mood of someone who is feeling isolated. We're the church. While it's harder to be the church today than it used to be, we are still the church, even while we are apart one from the other. In the first century, I think it was then, it may have been a little later, the Greek philosopher and Christian Aristides, writing the Apology of Aristides, an Apology at that time meant the defense of the Christian faith, sent a report to the Emperor Hadrian about this new group called the Christians. He wrote, Christians love one another. They never fail to help widows. They save orphans from those who would hurt them. If a person has something, they give freely to the person who has nothing. If they see a stranger, Christians take them home and are happy as though they were a real member of their family. They don't consider themselves family in the usual sense, but family instead through the spirit of God. And if they hear that one of them is in jail or persecuted for professing the name of their Redeemer, they all give them what they need. If it is possible, they bail them out of jail. If one of them is poor and there isn't enough food to go around, they fast several days to give them the food they need. This is really a new kind of person. There is something divine and I know sometimes we think that wonders and signs, signs and wonders cannot happen today. But this week, for the first time in my 25-year ministry career, I hosted a memorial service. It was online. People from various parts of the country Came together to grieve together, to laugh together, to remember a soul who has been welcomed into eternity. I don't know about you, but that's a sign and wonder that takes my breath away. I don't think the first century Christians have anything on us when it comes to sign and wonders. So with the help and the promise of God, let us do these things. Let us be the church and let us rise so that others may see God and Christ and the Spirit come to life through us. Let us rise and transform the world. Amen.